Praise the Lord. How the atmosphere changes when we move into our rightful place and declare that which is His. Amen. And for those of you that are home, I ask you to do the same thing. I was just so much aware of them, Paul expressing to Timothy to stir up the gifts, and Kathy spoke that. As we begin to prepare on what God's going to bring this morning, I want you just to be so mindful. This uh, setting that we find ourselves in, because uh, this flood of truth, and there's a lot of prophetic things that are taking place right now, but the things that we're being asked to do are not in our own ability, but in our corporate unity, our oneness. What I'm looking at last night, rainy, cold, windy, all the things that tried to and somehow inhibit, prevent what God wanted to do yesterday. But I watched you, and I mean, Raymond's 85 years old. Raymond was out there making a statement, not just to physically encourage us and be strengthened by his presence, but he wanted to be out on the front porch, and Sheila as well, and their son. They wanted to be in the forefront. There was something in our inner man that won't be denied. We've passed through these places that our body wants to say, well, it's raining, it's cold. If anything, 85 years old knows what coldness is. Amen. But I want you to understand that even this morning, the very things that we're doing, I want to just say we may not see the evidence at this moment, but the things that we're planning, which is so important because they're seeds of the kingdom, we've been given that. And there may be those that come along and water the things that we're doing as others come alongside of us, as God allows us to do the very things that we don't see the full evidence of, we're being faithful to do the things that we've been asked to do. And then what happens is, is that which the Father knows that he is given as a seed, that that which be increase, that which is of the kingdom, then he then empowers the life. Let me stop and think about it. Every plant that has a seed and it's planted, all of the elements... All the nutrients don't bring it life. God brings seed to the life to the seed, and then all of the elements allow it to grow. The planting is required, that which the watering is required, but only God brings the life. So I've just been pondering over these last few weeks the things that I put my hand to. This planting that I'm doing. Because it's so easy when we start out in something that God has asked us to do, and then somehow we don't see it manifest the way we would like it to, or in the timing that we think it should be, or in the way that it should appear. So what do I do? I begin to reach into my pocket, and I try to either plant other seeds to do something to make it work the way I think it should. And so I'm really asking the Lord, these places in my life right now, what I'm doing, I want to be of you. Because I want you, when you begin to then bring the power of life to it, when you bring the increase, that it's going to manifest your kingdom. It's not going to man manifest a counterfeit. And right now, because of the things that are in COVID, all the things that we're trying to somehow bring a unity to the family, the things that we see that we're being robbed of, if anything, and we talked about it in our leadership meeting this morning, the mental health part right now in our nation, there are people that are just hopeless. Even in our child care center, when the parents come to pick up their children, there's this cloud that's over them. And you know what? We have the Spirit of the Lord that's upon us. We have the seeds of life that we can plant, we can place into these people's life. Of course, the Word says that the seed is the Word of God. And all it takes is a word of encouragement to bring sight 
to the blind. If there's someone around you that only sees darkness, then you can surely speak light and life in the very things. And when Kathy was talking about stirring up the gifts, like, can we just do this between now and the Christmas setting where we actually have maybe an opportunity to visit with some of the family members? There are so many things that we can do between now and then. We're doing that in the, in the outreach with our food. I know we had the opportunity where some of the families visited yesterday to our outreach, and some of the little children were actually able to see Santa. But there was more than that. There was encouragement. There was hope. There was purpose. Even one of the family members, they lived just down the road, and they had thought they missed the time, and were getting ready to kind of close things up. And they had, that was a little boy, I believe. Matt was like three and a half, four years old. And so uh, we think that it might have been Brazilian, but they came just at the last minute. And there was just such life deposited in, in that little Matthew boy. It was more than just seeing Santa. We are establishing a standard by the Spirit of the Lord that's in us that we can then impart to every person, every situation. I've been thinking about John at the workplace because John is pulled upon continuously at that workplace beyond the normal hours of work. But he has the opportunity to bring not just the things that will solve their problems, but I know he carries, and that's the focus that he has. He has the intent and the purpose to plant the seed, to be the encouragement, to water that which some of the seeds that he's always begun to plant and some of those that are working around him. So this morning I just feel that we can be so um, intent in what we are purposing to do. And I just want to encourage you, just stop and think about what you do this, this coming week. And the seeds, the things that you're planting, if they become watered, will God increase them? Or will it be less than what the kingdom is to be? Because we are those that are going to penetrate this realm of darkness. We are the flood of truth, which is Jesus. We have those rivers of living water within us. Amen? Is there something you wanted to say? Hallelujah. Well, Miss Kathy, are you ready this morning? Hallelujah. I know you're always ready. I may not be ready, but <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord is always ready. And if we know how to tap into the Spirit of the Lord, we aren't lost. Amen? We aren't lost. I just want to talk a little bit so I'm totally entrusting on the Lord. Uh, oh, Kathy, of big plans. Late night, went to bed about two. Um, thought I set my alarm for five, so I could get up and really sit before the Lord this morning and and let Him just impart to me about the Word today. Lonnie comes upstairs and he goes, "It's seven fifteen. I have an eight o'clock meeting." Believe me, for those of you who personally know me, I am not one of those people that are like, oh, it's morning. I need you know, I, I need a coffee. I, you know, I'm, I'm dragging. I'm, I'm not a pretty butterfly in the morning like some of you are. Monty's the early bird. He always gets the worm. But I don't do that. So that's why I set my alarm earlier, 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 so I have at least an hour to become, you know, slightly coherent. So I just went like this. I go, oh, Jesus, I need coffee, Lottie. My mouth was all dry. But that's enough of me. What I'm saying is, I said that for one thing. I'm depending on the Lord today. 
I've been dependent on him every second. And so that's the way I guess we should always be, right? Uh, not to think that we've always prepared. Oh, I'm prepared. It's cool. Uh, so although I did do some preparation in the past two weeks, last week, I just want to rehearse with you if some of you didn't hear the word. Um, it's kind of a combined word. So if you didn't get a chance to hear it, I know it's on uh, Facebook or YouTube. You can take a look. But um, it's something dear to my heart. And I just so wanted, I surrendered to be used by God last week to share with you about the word of God. And we learned at the feast, um, Bob Sorge taught us about the Logos word, the written word of God. And we learned last week that it's in this Bible. As a new Christian, you start to learn in the Word. But I shared with you quickly last week that eventually I began to learn that this Word was a person. I began to learn not just about Jesus when I was a young Christian. I suddenly began to have understanding from reading the Word. The Holy Spirit came and enlightened it to me that he, this is Jesus. That seed was implanted in you. The Holy Spirit overshadowed you on the day that you were born again. That spiritual womb within, there's neither male nor female in the kingdom of God. That spiritual womb exists inside of you. That seed was planted just like the Holy Spirit implanted the seed in Mary, and Christ was birthed. And so as we grow, and then I began to develop an ability to hear not only and understand the word and come into contact with him, my prayers became different. Where the word says, go into your room, well, I have a room. I can be 30,000 feet above the, from, you know, the, the earth. And I can go into the room that I have, close my eyes, and Jesus is there. And we talk, and we pray, or we cry. And I hear his burdens. Amen? This scripture if I don't repeat it at the end or the Spirit takes it away, maybe he wants it now. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, I believe it's, I don't know, if this, I think it's chapter 3, 16. If it's not, that must be a good one because that's what's coming to my mind right now, so look it up. Behold, When you see behold, this is how it's really meant to be expressed. Behold! Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And I knock. And that door is your heart. He knocks at the door of your heart. 
And whoever opens up that door, I'm paraphrasing now, I will come in and I will sup with them. I will partake with them. I will eat with them. And when you, when you fully experience that scripture, this is the room you have invited Jesus into. Go into the secret place that is yours and yours alone. My room might not look like yours. It probably won't because we're all different. But then you begin to hear and he begins to talk with you. And so one thing, one thing I didn't share with you last week that uh, he wants me to share with you this week. I began to learn a love or a respect for the Word of God when, uh, at this point in my youth, I think maybe I was um, 20 years old at this time, the ministry that Lonnie and I were trained in apostolically and prophetically all those years ago, way ahead of their time, they had such a respect for the word of God. You could hear a pin drop because people had a pad. People had a pencil. People were taking notes. They were waiting on every word that God was going to speak. We had been taught, don't set your eyes on man. Don't set your eyes and have some affection. We were taught, as Paul taught, about some say they're of Apollos. Some say they're of some other guy. They like to listen to those speakers. We were taught to zoom in on the anointing of the word of God, Jesus Christ, coming through the vessel. Nobody standing in that pulpit expected a hand clap or to flirt with the bride. You see, you are the bride of Christ. They weren't there to impress them. And we've carried that and the respect. We, you know, it's, it's nice to hear an encouraging word. Don't get me wrong. We always thanked and we did appreciate it and we valued it. But we listened to the word. And I want to say then we came to a feast time when there were speakers. Every week, do you know how important the word was to that ministry? They bought a printing company. Every Sunday on cassettes, it was the first sound booth I'd ever seen. No other churches had sound booths, believe me, but we did. We were cutting edge 20 years ahead of our time. This was during the Jesus movement. That's why we have apostolic words and prophetic words of the year, of the day we're walking in. Right now, we have them preserved on cassettes. Not only do we have them preserved on cassettes, but every Sunday, there was a team that volunteered. There eventually was a 1,000 churches that were birthed in that ministry in five years internationally. But the three big churches that were in California, one was in Southgate, one was in Burbank in the Hollywood area, and one was in Sepulveda, and one was in Anaheim, near where Disneyland is. So these are highly populated places. There was, so the apostolic ministry team that went to each service every Sunday, and then we had Sunday night services. We had services seven days a week. 
seven nights a week, twice on Sunday. So I just want you to hear about the love and what I was taught about the word. They, the minute that word was recorded, ours was the first service that happened. Our services were the first and they were the earliest. And then they had to drive to all these places. That cassette immediately went to a team that was in a van that had tables installed for the old, what we call old now, manual typewriters, because there was no electricity in those. And they had battery-operated cassette players, and they began to transcribe the word. They began to type it out. By the end of that day, that went to the printing press. On Monday, they started printing every message. So they had to be typed, they were edited, they had to be retyped, the print type had to be set up, and by the next Sunday, we had available to us, it wasn't just a bulletin, we had what was called this week. It was called this week. And that word was transcribed so you could take that home and you could read it and you could rehearse it. I got in on one of those teams. I just, they said, can you type? And I said, well, not well. They said, we can use anybody. It was during a feast, my first Feast of Tabernacles. And I was part of the team that transcribed those words on my little royal typewriter. I began to realize that God these weren't random words. I began to realize that the words that were coming and God was speaking through the men of God, the women of God, everything was recorded. So some of the prophecies were recorded and typed out. That was determined. This is something that God is right now. I still, in my house, have boxes filled with this week's. I haven't looked at them in a long time, but I thought, oh man, wouldn't I love to have a little time to read some of these. Some of them over the years became actual volumes of books. At Passover, one of them was named Passover Precepts. They came of words that came from God during those seasons of appointed time. We rehearsed the word. If Lonnie was working because we were young, we were working, going to school full time, raising kids, it was crazy. And he had to work late shifts um, in Los Angeles. There was a young man in church. And he would call Lonnie at 1 in the morning. And this kid had to get up at 5 to be at another business the church had. But he would call Lonnie before Lonnie went to sleep, and he would tell him what had happened at the services, that he took notes. Because he knew Lonnie would have to wait a week before he heard it. This is how important the word of God was to us. We ate the word. It was life to us. We knew God was here at the pulpit, speaking to us. 
as a people, or where we were in the eons of time, and what God was feeding us with, because we understood that man doesn't live by bread alone. This is what Jesus said. But on every word that proceeds and comes to us from heaven. And we understood the process. So now we come, and we talked about the word last week being written in your Bible. We talked about the rhema of God and the voice that can come and actually speak to you. So this word is about voice. We talked about what is the word. It's speech is one of the definitions. But the word of God, I'm here to tell you, in Genesis it says, and we created them, male and female, and we created them in our image. That is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. were created in this flesh body. Because remember, Jesus became flesh. He knows what it feels like to stub your toe. He knows what it feels like to have a physical wound. He knows what it feels like to have your heart crushed unmercifully. He knows every element of rejection, abandonment. Disappointment by those closest to you. He knows. So he made us in his image, and that is the voice. And we know that the first thing that we see written and read, that we can read in the Bible, is about the voice of God. In Genesis, read it again, what the voice of God did. We read the scripture last week. Christ is all in all. There's nothing that is out him. He was part of this process. And it was spoken. And the heavens came into being. It was spoken, and there was a separation of light and darkness. It was spoken that the waters came into being. It was spoken that the animals of the earth, whatever came over, it was spoken by the voice, by the message, by the word, by the speech, if you will, of God. And you, and you, and you, and all of you, were created. Even if you've not come to know him yet, all of humanity has been created in his image. And of course, we are born under the Adamic <clears throat> curse. So we don't know what, what that feels like, like Adam and Eve got to experience for a while before sin manifested here. We don't know what that... But there are times when we press in by faith. Faith. And we get in the word and we begin to talk to God. And we begin to have that prayer time. And we begin to ask him, 
Father, give me ears to hear. I want to get this. I want to understand. I'm a curious child. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear every manifestation of it. Audible. Manifest yourself. You said, you said before you went away that you would manifest yourself plainly and clearly. And when I study that word, manifest means everything, including physically. And we know that Jesus came back. He rose from the dead, and he was there for 40 days. 40 days after he was risen from the dead, walking amongst them. So he can do that now. I, I, I began to believe the word, nothing is impossible. It may be impossible with man, but the word tells me nothing is impossible. I began to believe for that. I began, I can hear his voice. I would strain my natural ear. And then he began to teach me that I was not only straining my natural hearing, but I was straining my spiritual hearing because you're created in his image. God can hear, and so can you. You have spiritual ears. You have natural ears. But the focus is on the mouth because we are in the decade of the mouth and everything that goes with it. The voice God wants to focus on. And some of you might say, well, this is over my head. You know, that's for so-and-so to hear the voice of God. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. Are those my glasses? That doesn't look like my glasses. I think I picked up wrong glasses. Um, my glasses, I had left them on the table, so that would really be helpful. Now, somebody picked up my things from the table wanting, so look on these little piles here. Um, but I will use these till then, or I'll have one of you read. What I want to say is I learned a love and affection and respect for the Word of God. And I got in position to hear it. And my prayer was that it would be implanted. It would be implanted in my heart. So <clears throat> I would like... Um, I would like you to, um, it was when we had our meeting earlier today, and I didn't move my things off the table. They were removed from the table. So you might look in my bag there. They might be there. They're little thin ones. Um, but I want to go to the Word of God. I first want to read. I want to read to you from Psalm 29 um, what... Uh, let me find it here. Stand back a little bit. I'll find it. There it is. I actually marked it. Psalm 29. And I will use these glasses. And maybe this will help me out here. Yep, I can do it. Thank you for whomever these are. David is known as a man after God's own heart. Thank you so much. Thank you for persevering. And this is what David was saying. And this was a psalm. He sang this. And he said, Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. That's you. This is, this is a song written for you. Ascribe to the Lord. Give it to him. Give it to him. 
O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. In other words, recognize it. He's God. Ascribe to the Lord the glory. Do his name. Respect it. Honor it. Give him all the glory. Worship the Lord in holy array. We only get holy array from the presence of God. That's the glory that was covering Adam and Eve. I want to wash, I want to worship God like that. I want to cover myself with the blood of Jesus so that he sees me walking in his glory. I'm clothed in that. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord, it breaks the cedars. These cedars were gigantic cedar trays in Lebanon. Gigantic. They were strong. But the voice of the Lord can break them in half. The, yes, the voice of the Lord, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. And he makes Lebanon, Lebanon skip like a calf. In the same breath, the psalmist says, he breaks the cedars, but at the same time, he can make you skip around. The cutest thing is a baby calf skipping around. I had no toys growing up, but I remember when our cow calved, and I had a new playmate. And that, there's nothing more precious and innocent than the little bulging eyes of a newborn calf when they look into your face, and their breath is sweet. And they get up, and they're wobbly at first. But it only takes a little while before they're skipping around. And I could skip with them, and I could hug them, and I could hold them, and I could nurture them. And David is saying the same thing. He knew how precious it was. He said, but he can make them skip around like a calf. And Syrian, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out the flames of fire. In some translations it says the voice of the Lord is like lightnings. And sometimes when you see lightnings over the waters, David may have seen this because he spoke a lot about the waters in this. The lightning striking over waters. I don't know if any of you have seen it over an ocean or something like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it says, but flames of fire. And the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. If you're in a wilderness, the voice of the Lord can shake that thing. If you're going through the wilderness, the voice of the Lord can shake it. It says the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And in Kadesh is where the holy places were. There were wells of water. 
It was a holy place because there was life there, because of the water that God had planted there. Again, the water, living water. The voice of the Lord makes the deer's calf. Did you know that? That when a, when a deer gives birth, the Bible tells you that it was because the voice of the Lord appointed it. How beautiful is that? And you know, we look at deer, aside from hunters, <laughs> you know what I mean? and no, nothing, but we look at a deer and there's something so beautiful about it. How many deer have you all seen in this region that we live in? But every time you go, somebody in the car or with you, oh, look, there's a deer. There's something about the stillness. There's something about them. And if we could relate that, and when we look at them, that the voice of God caused their mother to calve them. This is God. Sometimes we think, and we, we think he's so far away. He's so involved. Jesus said, not a sparrow falls to the ground without Abba, Father, knowing about it. Not one. And the voice of the Lord strips the forest bare, and in his temple everything says glory. There's only one word in the temple. And you see, we know that we are the temples of the living God. We are the temples of the living God. And so that tells me that within me, the one resounding word that should be somehow manifesting, I want this in my mind. I don't have that. I'm not always saying glory. But I want to I wanna lay hold of that this year. I want to lay hold of what David was saying. He's written this, he's sung this because he experienced it. And if David can experience this and write about it with all of his heart, I can have it too. You see, God isn't a respecter of persons. David was a big sinner. Yet God said, he's a man after my own heart. I want to be a woman after the heart of God. Not, I understand what I just said, that God said, oh, he's, he's like me. But in order to get to that place, I've got to be a woman after the heart of God. I've got to be in hot pursuit of my Father, of my Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. I want that, and I want my spirit. I want my mind to be renewed. Glory. That's the biggest word of my life. Glory, glory, glory. The Lord sat as king at the flood. He did not know about that. He sat as king. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. And the Lord will bless his people with shalom, peace. 
Jesus reiterated what this piece, David had to experience that. God will give us peace. Now we hear the songs, the carols, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Oh, may we lay hold of those words and relate it to the living word of God. Could we be vehicles? Could we be temples walking around, letting glory resound in our spirits wherever we go? Could we bring and be carriers of peace? Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall inherit what? They shall inherit the earth. We're called to have dominion over it. And right now we hear a lot about the term dominion with a capital D. We hear it in the news about this software. I'm here to tell you that the voice of God speaks in many ways, and it might just be in a headline for you to discern what God is trying to speak to the heathen and all the men alike. You see, whenever the enemy's up to something, and he's up to no good, he's only counterfeiting something that is perfect. And one of the first mandates that we as human beings and Adam and Eve were given was the mandate of dominion. Isn't it interesting how they named that software dominion? I will tell you right now. The only thing that has dominion over my life as far as I have about it. I may trip up. I might set in a, tra set in a trap of an enemy. I might sin. But the blood of Jesus is going to set me free. Repentance is going to get me out of that trap. It's going to get me with the word of God, and it's going to get me back on it. And I'm telling you, that dominion is not going to have dominion over the earth realm. But we are to be called and answer the call of the mandate of the dominion of God in the earth. And so far as that starts with you, right where you are. Take dominion over your circumstances. Ask God what that looks like and what he means for you to do. I had a sister, tell, I heard, overheard a conversation yesterday. She was telling some of the people she was with. She said, you know, I got up today. I decided to buy a Christmas tree. I called my neighbors over. We had some fun because she'd been down and out and all ugly and not having a lot of faith. When you're depressed, believe me, you're not, you're not really walking in faith. Okay, let's just be real. Okay. She says, I got up this morning and I determined that I was going to shake that off. And I was going to be a light. And she said, arise and shine. We can take dominion. We might have missed it. We might have got caught for the moment. But we can be set free. Now, I don't know where little Alexis is. But I want to talk to you about a story. 
And maybe you, you haven't heard the voice of God like you want to. Maybe you want an increase, or maybe you think you've heard it. I want to talk about a story that's in the Bible. It's in 1 Samuel, chapter 3. You can read the whole chapter. I don't know how many exact, I may paraphrase it, and just tell you the story because of time. But this is a story about a young boy. His mother's name was Hannah. She was childless for years. Childless. This story was written in the times of the judges. There had been no prophets in the earth. Only judges at this time. And Hannah was under a lot of persecution for not having children and being made fun of. I won't go into that story. Read it. It's a, it's a marvelous story. And Eli was the priest at that time. And Eli had a couple of sons, or a few sons, and they were not doing good stuff. They were really sinning. And yet they were in the house of the Lord in the temple, and they were ministering. And they were really unclean because of their sin. But Eli hadn't really, he was really codependent. It. He was enabling it for not stopping it. He was partaking in it. And I'm sure he just thought, well, I'm being a good father. I've experienced the mercy of God. I'm trying, hoping they're going to wake up. You know, like he said one time, why are you guys doing this? And they just ignored him. We never want to be complicit by doing something that we think is just waiting for a good time. Listen, this was serious business. They were leaders. They were priests, and they were touching things. <laughs> and God was upset about it. He'd been upset. And he wasn't just upset at them. He was upset at Eli, their father, for allowing it to happen and continuing over a period of many years. So Hannah went to the temple. It was the Feast of Tabernacles, and she went in there, and she was crying out, as she did every year, because they didn't live near the temple. They came in at the three appointed times. And she was crying out to God for a child. And by God's grace, I won't go into the rest of the story. Read it. It's really some good stuff. It's a mystery in there. But God granted her wish. And she told him, she said, if you will give me a child, I will give him. Well, I will give them to you. I will dedicate them to you. Just let me have that experience. And God did. And she remembered her promise and her vow to God. And so she raised, it was a little boy, and she named him Samuel. And can you imagine the delight of her soul? And she promised God that she would bring him. And after she weaned him, so anywhere from two plus, two to three years old, she brought him to Eli. And she said, you know that day that you saw me in here crying out? God answered my prayer. And this is my son, and I'm bringing him here to the temple. And I'm giving him to God. So from that time, this little boy, this little innocent one, this one that was appointed by God and placed in her womb, he came and he lived with unknown men. 
including Eli's sons, who were having fornicating with people. I mean, it was a bad scene. And this is where he grew up. When he got to be, Alexis, I want you to hear this. People estimate, we don't know exactly when, but he was learning how to serve the Lord. He was probably 10 to 12 years old. Just 10 to 12 years old. Alexis is back there. Can you come up here, Alexis, quickly? I just want everybody to see what 10 years old looks like. She's a pretty little girl. If you don't know what 10 years old, this is what it looks like right there. Sweet, precious. Okay, thank you. I know you're listening to the word carefully back there. Because I want her to understand, and God wants you to understand how God can speak to you. So one night, Samuel was sleeping by the fires that were near in the holy place. It was in the temple. It was near the ark at that time. And he was asleep, sound asleep. And suddenly he woke up, and he heard someone calling his name. So he got up from under his blanket, under his blinky, and he ran into Eli, and he said, I'm here. I heard you call. I'm, I'm here. You know, what do you need? I'm just paraphrasing this now in our language, how it would be. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Just go back to bed. I didn't call you. So he did. He fell asleep again. And the voice of the Lord spoke again. Samuel. And it woke little Samuel up. And he got up and he ran back into Eli and he said, Yes, yes, I'm here. What do you need? I heard you calling. And Eli was woken up <laughs> again. And Eli started to pick up that this was God speaking to little Samuel. And he said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And if you hear him calling you again, Tell him this. Here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. In our language, here I am, Lord. I'm listening. Can you imagine? So we went, fell asleep again, and God's voice came again. And this time it's recorded that God said, his name twice. He said, Samuel. And there's exclamation points. Samuel. And he sat up. And he said, yes, Lord. Your servant is listening. And Eli had told him to listen to everything if he was spoken to. And God did speak, and I'll let you read the story. 
God even told Samuel that that early age of what he was going to do and the judgment that was coming on Eli's sons. And that meant that they would both die as a sign in one night. Because God had already told Eli what was coming. He didn't know when. And even with God telling him judgment was coming, maybe he knew, maybe he thought it was too late. To me, I would have thought if he'd really gotten with it, God is so merciful when we repent. Look at David. It's never too late for you to tell God you are sorrowful for what you've done. So the next morning, Eli went to Samuel. And he said, Samuel, did he call you again? And he goes, yes. And he says, well, tell me what he said. Now imagine, Alexis, if that had been you. And God had told you that this man's two sons are going to die, and all this stuff is going to happen, and there's going to be a change, and everything like that. You really wouldn't have wanted to tell them what God said, because the voice of the Lord is, I just told you what the voice of the Lord did. That was God calling Samuel and saying these words. Like thunder, like lightning, like fire, like breaking the powers of darkness. Yet the tenderness that I'm sure was there so little Samuel would not be terrified. The voice of the Lord. And then Eli probably saw the look of, I don't really want to tell you what he said. Do I really have to tell you what he said? And Eli said, tell me now. And tell me the truth, good or bad. Tell me everything. And so Samuel did. So Eli knew. It's coming. And God had already told him, I'm raising up a prophet now that's going to rule in my house. And so little Samuel became the last of the judges. And he was in the transition of time and the first of the prophets. He was the last and the first prophet that God brought forth on the earth. And he served God well. Now, some of you might be feeling bad for Hannah. She gave up her one and only child, but she prayed again. And God granted her over the years. She came up every year, and she visited Samuel, and she would make him the cutest little coats and clothes that she would work on all year, and tunics, linen tunics to serve God in. But he gave, so she wound up having a full house, six children including Samuel. And God blessed her for giving up that child. Samuel was a powerful prophet. He not only anointed the first king over Israel, Saul, but he came in and anointed, and that was the people's choice, but the second one he anointed when Saul fell was God's choice, and that was David. Samuel's words and voice was powerful in the land. They understood that he spoke for God. They respected the word that came out of him. What I'm telling you is the 
voice of God. God wants to communicate with you. He communicates in dreams. He communicates in visions. He communicates right from this word. He communicates from... He's communicating to you right now as I speak. He communicates through prophets. And he communicates his intent and his purpose in creating you in his image is he's determined to speak through you. He is determined to pray through you. He is, the Holy Spirit is determined to speak in other languages through you. The Holy Spirit is determined to speak and give you the language of angels so that you will speak them through you. God is determined. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than ye all, but I would that you would all prophesy. It doesn't mean you're a prophet, but he wants you to prophesy and declare the word of the Lord like a prophet does. He can give you that gift. It is yours to be had. You, don't, don't tell me you're not educated enough. Don't tell me you're not smart enough. You see, I don't depend on my intellect. I depend on God. Depend on God. He said, I will speak through somebody that everybody has no respect for, but I will confound the wise through them. All you have to do is surrender to the voice of God. Surrender to river run wild. We sang that. That's the river of life. Let it run wild in your life. You can be quiet as a mouse. A little church mouse, mouse looking for a crumb from the communion table. But I'll tell you what. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, and you've said, Lord, here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. And you've said, use me. Here I am. I'm in surrender. Do you know that the voice of the Lion of Judah can come up out of you, O little church mouse, and scare the big bad wolf and the lion away? voice, the roar. His voice roars. The Lion of Judah roars. This is the decade of pay. This is the decade of the mouth. I pray God speaks. I anoint your mouth today. The mouth of your spirit. God says, I anoint it, and that there be a filter, that we, we are quick to repent when we use our natural mouth for anything that's less than God. I've said a bunch of stuff this week that I thought, why did I say that? I didn't even care who heard me. Sometimes we get that way. I'm like, Paul, why am I doing 
everything I don't want to do. I'm a basket case. And the devil's like, yes, you are, and you're worse than that. Let me tell you some more. Your best friends don't even like you. You're out of control now. But, you know, I know my best friends because they know Jesus and they'll forgive me. Do you understand? They'll, they'll show me mercy, even if I shock them. Sometimes I probably shock you, Sean. But I'm human, and so are you. And your humanity cannot stand in the way of the spirituality that God is calling us to. So we are quick to repent. We are sons who are quick to repent. We are quick, as quick as possible, even on the days we don't want to, if it takes us a little more time, if we're just ready to throw a soul fit. You know? God, forgive us, but don't pull the mandate from me. Don't, don't shut my ears closed that I can't hear your voice. And if you hear the voice of God, it's so you speak it. You speak forth who he is. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, or your servant is listening. Just waiting for you, Holy Spirit. I really believe that God wants to pray for us today. He's praying, making intercession over you, Jesus is. He said all the time, he kept explaining to those that have ears to hear. You can't receive the voice of God if you can't hear it. You can't walk in what he's calling us to do today by faith. Because faith comes by hearing, so you first have to hear it. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. It's like the chicken. Which was first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know how it is in the spirit, and if it's a spiritual mystery, that we enter in today and we say, God, manifest and hover over us. If your spirit is hovering over the waters, would you hover over us like you hovered over Mary today? And I know that in the process of a child or a young a young seed that's growing in the womb from the minute there's a process. And in about 10 weeks, there's the heartbeat. And then there's a few weeks later, the hearing is actually activated as this, as this child grows in the womb. And if Jesus has been implanted in us and we have been born again, that means begotten from above. That brings us to a begotten stage. We're all in a begotten stage because I haven't been, I don't know anybody that's been truly birthed as the son of God that all creation is waiting for. The true manifestation and the birthing of the sons of God. But I'll tell you right now, we're in the process. And they know that science tells us that a baby in the womb, in a natural womb, can hear the voices 
they can hear the voices of their parents. And when they are born, they recognize it. It's more clear. They'll smile. They'll coo they know who you are. And God, God is reaching out to touch us this morning and awaking. Father, I pray by faith today that hearing comes forth in those that are in the womb right now, that the hearing comes forth, the supernatural hearing of the voice of God, and that, that we know your voice, and that we come to know it, and we come to understand it, God. May hearing come forth. Be healed of your deafness. Be healed of deafness. Deafness. God commands it this morning. Be healed of your deafness. Be healed of your deafness on this earth as it is in heaven. Hear the voice of the Lord. And if you would all say with me, as Samuel did, Speak, Lord. Say it again with me. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Let me say it until I know that you mean it. Go, tell God this. You're not telling me. Speak to God. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Let it be a cry. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Father, we pray. We pray that our mouths would go forth. And that you would stir up our spirits to speak. And you could use our voice to speak your will in the earth at this time. We prayed earlier, amen. We prayed earlier this morning at the end of worship. We prayed against this virus, this unknown virus, because that's all anybody wants to tell you. We don't know. We don't know. You asked the doctor, we really don't know. Then there's the ones that think they do know, and they change their minds every five minutes and tell us something else. But I know that God knows. And I know, I know he wants sons and daughters to speak against this thing. If you've heard today, because I just told you in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Will you stand with me as we close? May we speak this. May we speak that this thing will see its demise, that it is falling, that it is being destroyed. As we spoke earlier today, it is destroyed. I declare to that virus, there is no place for you in my home. There is no place for you and my family from this moment forward. I declare it. I walk in faith. I, I use my voice to declare the will of my Father. I declare it in this church body. I declare it in my state. I declare it over the nation. I declare it over the nations of the earth. Every tongue, every tribe, every people group. Father God, may this virus be destroyed. And unlike men, I am not waiting on a vaccine. 
I am waiting and I give you all the glory. If that's through a vaccine, whatever. Whatever you decide, Father, I give you all the glory. I give you all the credit. I ascribe unto the Lord. I ascribe unto God all the glory. You are alone give men wisdom and understanding. And we receive that. But we pray with all our heart. Would you awaken us, God, wherever it is, that we would contend as one. Because I know when people are one and unified in their prayers, you said that even two or three, two or three gathered in your name, you are here, Jesus, this morning. And we declare an end to this. I declare it over California. I declare it over California, where the Spirit of God takes dominion over that state. We pray not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And at the sound of the voice of the Lord, they better move back. I'm hearing in the Spirit God saying, let my people go. Let my people go. And may the chains of fear and, and fear and anxiety, we break the power of that. And we enter into the peace that we heard the voice of God speak. I will give shalom to my people. Let us walk in faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We want to bless all of you out there. We know that you all have your own situations and things, maybe in your own communities in the States. Some of you are watching, I know, from across the nation and the world, too. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. Um, we know that there's a great need for food in the earth right now. And we're praying for you. I don't want to see anybody go to bed hungry. I don't want anybody preoccupied in their thoughts of where are we going to get food for this week. Amen? So please pray for our food outreach. We had a food drive yesterday that could have been disappointing if I had chosen to go there, and I'm not going there. But it wasn't what I expected. So I am expecting now, it wasn't the fulfillment of my expectation for provision for our food shelf, Joseph's Storehouse. I want you to pray for those people working on the front lines in food shelves across the nation. These people are working three times as hard because the, the need in our region is three times as great for supplies and needs. And it's not just food items. It's really the homeless need other things. They need socks. It's cold in this part of the country now. They need gloves. If any of you can help us with that need, we would be greatly blessed. And I want you to know it will go to reaching out and touching these people that are in heavy need. The government has not passed the second, you know, uh, what is it called? I'm sorry, I'm so in the spirit. I, I'm not thinking. Uh, 
but the, uh, they haven't uh, provided money, the stimulus money, uh, to provide for the homeless. And I'm telling you, they're out there in a cold, and it's freezing here. Uh, so I pray for them, too, to make the decisions they need to finally do for our nation. Um, but we thank you. We thank you for those who have been giving to us. We thank you so much. Um, I'm not buying any new clothes <laughs> with that money. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's going to keep the outreach going in the community. And, to, and not just food and the spiritual need, but we're giving them food from heaven. We're giving them love and we're giving them relationship. We're, we're you know, that is so the mental health here. Uh, I know as it is across the nation. So we pray for you in everything that you're doing in your own communities. We pray for them. We pray for the workers that they not be discouraged, that they not feel. If you know somewhere, if you're, if you're not around here, go somewhere and donate some food. Bring them some toilet paper. And give them volunteer time. Volunteer. I'm telling you, our church and all our ministries smell like sanitizer. I think I may have told you before, uh, the director of our Potter's House School and our child care center, one day she came over and I said, Deb, you know, you smell like sanitizer and I bet if I just pushed you on top of your head, you would just like blurp out sanitizer. I mean, so don't be afraid. These food banks are following all protocol. Overcome your fears. If God is speaking and nudging your heart from what I'm telling you, I was a child that went to bed hungry. And there were times that I wasn't just hungry in bed. There were times that there was no food that night, and I didn't know where the next meal was coming from. And I mean literally my refrigerator as a child was empty. I remember vividly a time that I was so hungry and had such hunger pains there was a piece of little piece of salt pork all dried up because we didn't have money to even put a piece of um, a plastic paper over it. You know, they didn't have plastic then, but uh, wax paper is what it was. And I looked at that, and I just the hunger pains were so much. I, my mom wasn't in the room, and and I grabbed that thing off that plate that was all shriveled up and looking bad, and I bit into it like you would. grab a cube of butter. Don't feel sorry for me, but there's kids that are hungry. Go and serve. If you can volunteer, write them a letter. If nothing else, I don't know, do something. And they can use toilet paper. They can use feminine problems. They can use diapers for their babies. Well, in the homeless, their babies have probably already been taken from them. How sad is that? But, you know, toothpaste, a, a, go to the dollar store, you guys. It doesn't cost much. Just sew in. Think of how blessed that is. Jesus said, if you've done it to one of these little ones, if you've done anything, you've done it to me. You visited me in prison. You fed me when I was hungry. You gave me water when I was thirsty. I know you guys can do it because you were blessed 
And whatever you give, God is ready to give right back to you a hundredfold. Don't even worry about that. Thank you again for supporting this ministry because we all know everybody's taken the hit in COVID. I thank you far and wide for everyone that has a spirit of generosity. Thank you so, so much. And now as we end our broadcast, we're going and do some business. Is there any things I need to say? We love you all dearly, and we hold you up before the Lord every day. Amen.